Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I am Leah, and I'm joined by Katie and Bonnie and Cassie and Barb, and we are talking about our one cool folklore gal. So Barb already talked about Lausanne, and Cassie already talked about Alicia Harris. There we go. I always like, like I'm like double checking. Um, but before we dive back in, I want to get to know something random about our gal pals. I want to know, have you ever gone to a cultural heritage festival? Dun, dun, dun. Exactly. Yes. Barb, which one did you go to? <laughs> I have a follow-up question. It's tell me more. <laughs> so I think Indianapolis does a pretty good job each year of having some cultural festivals. Yes. So yes. I have attended several in the area. There was a Greek festival that's mm-hmm. held. Um, actually, that one, the one that I've gone to is in Carmel. Yeah. Uh, there's an Italian festival that's every year that's on the it, south side of Indy. It is. It mm-hmm. is actually in my neighborhood. Is oh, it really? Nice. I love that. It yes. was, it's, yeah. South side is where it's at. And you talk Sweet. about authentic. I felt like it was authentic. Like yes. a little Italy over there, huh? You just yeah. feel like a real Don Corleone. You know what? <laughs> I'm saying yes. <laughs> that I met some folks that I went, huh? Yes. I don't want to cross them at all. <laughs> They're going to make you an all. offer. Exactly. <laughs> you just don't cross <laughs> the south side. That's exactly right. That's there you exactly go. Right. <laughs> um, I've also been to an Irish festival in downtown Indy. Yeah. It was a blast. Um, and there was a Native American festival. Yeah. Um, where we got to see some traditional dance and um, an artist. Um, and it wasn't the, the Sundance right? one, was it? Any? I don't think so. I can't remember. That one's the... near Anderson. It's a really, really big one. This That's, was, yeah. I think, like on southeast side. So okay. I'm not even oh. sure what part of town it was in, but a friend said, oh. hey, like, would you go. like to yeah, go? Yeah. And, and our daughters were very young. So we took them. Yeah. And, uh, it, it was just. I think every event is very eye-opening. Every yes. time I go, I'm learning something new about their culture, their music. Yeah, food. Um, yeah, well, the food is Ugh, all delicious. Right? Yeah. I don't know how every culture has the best food. They do. They all have the best food. Seems like at the festivals that proves to be true. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I love, I love all that kind of stuff. That's very fun to me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we went to one recently in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Nice. We were visiting with uh, my husband. <gasps> you get to say my husband. My husband. I like um, it. We took Jade. Yes. That was one of her first, Your like, dog. Wait, that's not yeah. as exciting as saying your husband. It's Yeah, sorry. That's anyway, guys. <laughs> it is because it's your dog. <laughs> um, and that was one of her first. We got her right before COVID. So that yeah. was one of her first like outings, really. Awesome. Um, she got to ride in the elevator. In the oh, parking garage. Oh. Um, She's like, I where's know, the ground? <laughs> no, they had, I, I think they even call it Fountain Square. So yeah. They keep like laughing at all their things or all our things. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Like they have worn Copy schools. Cap-tiny. Like we have worn schools. Like everything right. is all the same. But they have the Fountain Square part. And they had a whole international fest. Because I guess a oh, lot nice. of Bowling Green, a lot of refugees from other countries oh, go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they have a big, I think it's, um, I don't think it was. Um, I think when we were there, it was a little too early to really have a big chunk of uh, Ukrainian refugees. You know? Okay, gotcha. But they had like a whole bunch, of, like Bosnia like, and Bosnia, like I feel like there was yeah. a particular country in Asia. I can't think of what the name was. There was okay. like, a lot of it. Gotcha. Uh, but yes, a lot of 
a lot of food, like a lot of little booths yes! and stuff. And they had like a, a stage. They were doing dances and stuff. Love it. Very fun. Sweet. I love the idea that it was international. So it was mm-hmm. like a mix of the stage was different dances and then each booth was like, you know, a different uh, cultural heritage. Mm-hmm. And- and I think Bowling yeah. Green does come across kind of as a melting pot for that area. Mm-hmm. So lots of mm-hmm. cultural stuff. Mm-hmm. Neat. Very cool, very cool area. What about you two? Well, That's being a, a Southsider, I have been to the Italian Fest. <laughs> <There you laughs> <go>. And <laughs> the Irish Fest as well. And yes, they are sweet. both a nonstop good time. Yeah. I, I'd go like every month if they had those yeah. every month. I'd, I'd be there. I'd, I'd be, be there. in trouble. Right. Well, yeah, that's fair. A true. few close calls already. <laughs> yes. Exceptional Sweet. job each year. Yeah. Katie, do you want to get on on this? Because I almost feel like I want your take on a cultural oh, heritage and food. <laughs> and food, um, though. You know what I'm you saying? Because you're really, a resident foodie. But I'm also... Deeply opposed to leaving my house at most yes. times. I get it. I get it that this crowds. is... But if it's good food, it could so, get you out. But I can get good food at restaurants Fair. that are dedicated yes. to different yep. cultures. Yep. To and all I the time. Do. Yeah. Although last Friday at work, yeah. I got... Um, Himalayan food. <gasps> and I was like super yes. freaking pumped. Nice. And I started eating it and yeah. suddenly my throat started itching. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It got harder to swallow and then my nose started running and I was like, oh, crap. Yeah. I had to run out during lunch break and get some Benadryl. Yeah. Um, and it took me about it 15, can clear minutes, out your... but it got I've better. had Mongolian food and it can clear stuff Well, it wasn't out. spicy. Oh, it, it wasn't. wasn't. No, oh, you were having just, a reaction. Yeah, I think it was just oh. one of the spices and I... Honestly, oh. been kind of weird about some Middle Eastern spices before, but anyway. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was not a happy day Friday for me for a bit, uh. but I managed through. Um, but the only thing I thought of was I went to a lot of festivals <laughs> growing up. Yeah, yeah. In Southern Indiana, so if like hillbillies a culture. <laughs> It is. I've been to a lot of like yes. Appalachian by yeah. socks and copper yeah. bracelets. Yeah, there you and, go. Yeah, like, so. yeah, yeah. There you go. It's culture and the cultural <laughs> food was a uh, fried thing. Absolutely. Yes, there you Absolutely. go. Dumplings. Yep. Very oh, much so. You're on it. Yep. That's yep. The one. <laughs> oh, neat. Um, I've been to quite a few, but my favorite is going to an Asian festival. I just, mm-hmm. I love the Asian festivals. There was one in the first one I ever went to was in Savannah, Georgia. Um, and it was this dichotomy of food and dancing and merchants, and it was just yeah. all spectacular. Um, and then we went to a, uh, a Latin uh, cultural festival, and I had lumpia for the second time in my life. The first time was by a little, um, oh my gosh, why can't I remember? It was Adrian's grandmother. Uh, Adrian's grandmother made lumpia, and I'm like, what is this? And then they're like, well, just try what, it. Well, what is it? It's uh, either pork or lamb wrapped into a teeny tiny little egg roll. Uh-huh. Um, so it's mostly meat instead of vegetable, but it does have uh, cabbage and vegetable and stuff in it. Yum, yum. Um, but it's a really small little, uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. It's almost like a taquito sort okay. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was so tasty. I was so addicted to it. So I'm like, like I need to go to this festival because I need to find lumpia. And then I found it and I basically just parked my ass in front of nice. like that booth and went, so when more lumpia is ready, right. you just let me know because I'm just going to eat coming. all of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like. Here's my card. Just right. keep the tab <laughs> well, open. Because we'll they the said tab. they could only do so many at once. I'm like, I'll oh. wait, <laughs> but keep them coming. I came for this. <laughs> exactly. And so it was 
fantastic. Absolutely. Um, so I love the um, I love the food, but I also um, I love the dancing. The dancing is yep. like mm-hmm. my favorite part. At the Asian festival that I go to, uh, there's always a snow lion dance. Oh, um, the snow lion dance is uh, uh, it's on the Tibetan flag. And the snow lion dance, it has variations, but generally what the dance is, is that there is a monk and then there is uh, three people in this giant snow lion that are operating it kind of like a Chinese dragon. And it's that they are staring each other down and it's who's going to back off, who's going to be scared. And they do this dance where they're both trying to intimidate each other until they both come to peace with one another. And then it ends with them kind of like cuddling up together. And it's like one of my favorite dances. So to be able to see it, um, it's very, very cool. So yeah, it's one of my faves. And it kind of ties into who I'm going to tell you about today. So um, I'm going to tell you a, basically a, um, a Zen parable, a Buddhist parable. That's our air conditioner draining. Is that sound? Um, <laughs> Sounds I like a coffee maker. Well, I just yeah. Ties in with the spooky theme of the month, Exactly so. right. Exactly. It's just our creepy closet. Making, well, I was just making sure nothing was dripping. Yeah, I mean, oh, it is, but uh, there's a towel there. <laughs> Well, that will if protect anybody, us. If anybody <laughs> licks my finger, yeah. right. then you're out. I'm not saying goodbye either. Right. I'm just That's totally, then you're just gone. <laughs> Understand. Be like, and then The just. Irish goodbye. Very, <laughs> very cultural of you. <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to tell you about Kisa Gotami. So Kisa Gotami. Um, I, there's lots of variations of this story, so I want to make sure I'm telling you the credit. I'm telling you from the Turning Wheel Buddhist Temple, which is a Soto, uh, Je- Soto Zen Center in uh, the UK. So this is where this particular one comes from. Um, and I'll also give you a little bit of background from it, too. So uh, so this is during the time of the Buddha, which is around 500, you know, BCE, you know, for your memory banks, you know, to kind of picture that place. Um, it's so in, isn't like it, though? It just mm-hmm. That 500 BC, like right there, locked in. It. Got it. Right. Like okay. When they were thinking about building the Parthenon. Right. There you go. Okay. It's also in the city of Sarvasti. Do you have that in mind? No? No? Okay. That's in, it. It's in India near Nepal. If you, mm-hmm. it's it's in the that little corner where kind of like the the Himalayans are and all where the spicy oh, foods are. No. Yeah, I know exactly <laughs> where your allergies are. Live. They live there. <laughs> right where they are on the trees and in the soil. That's where you are. Um, so in this city lived a young woman named Gotami. Uh, she had been born into a very poor household. Uh, she was so thin that people called her Kisa, meaning skinny. So Kisa means skinny, and Gotami is her name. So Kisa Gotami married very young, and she gave birth to a son who she was very, very devoted to. And then one day, uh, soon after her son learned to walk, Kisa Gotami was out on the street with him when he suddenly tripped over and fell. And he laid there motionless. Kisa Gotami rushed over to her son and tried to revive him. She tried everything that she could, but nothing seemed to work. She was convinced that she had, he had just been knocked unconscious, and if she could find the right thing to do, he would soon recover. But in her anguish and in her grief, she was unable to see and unable to take in and comprehend that her son had just died. Ooh, yeah. She... She, I told you it was not going to be a happy one. <laughs> um, she did not manage to be able to uh, revive him herself. Um, so Kisa rushed home to ask her relatives to help. 
Um, they could see the child was dead, but they could not convince her whatsoever that her child was dead. Um, she was insistent that he was still alive and there had to be some medicine to restore him. So she carried his body in her arms and went along the street from door to door asking if anybody had medicine to help cure her son. And it was very clear when she asked, uh, you know, people that they thought the child was beyond medicine. But she was so distraught, she would not accept the reality of what anybody would tell her. Uh, they said they tried to help her the best that they could. They would point out that medicine would be of no use and that maybe accepting that the boy was dead and take him to the cemetery to bury him. But Kisa Gatami's sorrow and anguish was so deep, she was unable to process even what they were saying to her. She just couldn't even listen to it. Um, so it couldn't get through her absolutely at all. She had to have the right medicine. She had to talk to somebody who had the right medicine. So she would not give up, and she continued on her own, uh, going from different neighborhoods and searching for medicine. And people would try to console her, and some thought she was just crazy and would close the door on her um, and not listen to her. Eventually, she came to the house of one of the elders that was in the in the town. And the elder was very wise, and he thought, this child is clearly beyond the help of medicine, but the mother is in great need of help. No medical doctor will help the child, but there is a great doctor nearby who will help this poor woman. So the elder asked Kisa Gotami, good woman, go and see the Buddha, the enlightened one, and ask him if he has any medicine for you. So Kisa Gotami had heard about the Buddha and had been deeply impressed when she caught sight of him in the town in the city. Um, and so she asked where the Buddha might be. And so she quickly hurried there because that was going to be her answer. She was still carrying her son in her arms when she ran to him. So she reached the place where the Buddha was staying. Um, he looked her straight up and down. Um, and she fell to his feet, crying out to him, Buddha, please, I beg of you, give me the medicine that I need to wake my child from his sleep. So straight away, the Buddha understand uh, Kisigatami's situation and her state of mind and said, good woman, I do have some medicine for you. But in order for this medicine to work, you need to obtain a small quantity of mustard seed from a house in the city. And she went, oh, my goodness. Yeah, no, I'm totally going to go do this right now. She was he was barely done speaking when she's like ready to like run out and get this. And he says, hold on a second, good woman. <laughs> you need to obtain this mustard seed from a house in the city where no one has died and no one has ever lost a loved one. See where this is going? Right. So Kisami uh, couldn't see the difference that that would make. She accepted the Buddha's instruction and hurried away to get a mustard seed, which was a very common thing to be able to go out. And she thought she would be able to cure her child like right away. So very confidently, she knocked at the first door she came to and she asked whether or not they could give her a small quantity of mustard seed. And the occupants could see the state of uh, Kisa that she was in. She was still clutching her son's body. And she, they were very willing to give her the mustard seed that she wanted. Um, and she turned away in triumph and returned to the Buddha, remembering that second part of the instruction. So she came back to the householder and said, by the way, has anyone ever died in this house or have you ever lost a loved one? Well, yes, of course. So our grandmother died a few weeks ago. So Kisa Gotami was disappointed, gave back the mustard seed but thought, well, she was just unlucky at the first house, right? She just had to go to another one. 
Uh, again, the occupants had some mustard seed, but again, someone had died at that house, so she went on to the next one. And the next house, the same thing happened again, and again, after house after that. And her all-consuming grief, Kisa was uh, not about to give up, though. She continued going from house to house, asking the same questions. At one house, a father had died. At another, it was a daughter. At a third, it was a husband. And while Kisa Gotami even stopped asking about the mustard seed, as everyone had mustard seed, uh, she just knocked on the door and asked if anybody had died there or if they had lost a loved one. And it must have been a shock to the householders having somebody knock on the door and ask you such a thing. But they could see that she was very disturbed and that she was very much trying to process um, a death, basically. And as she went from house to house. So as the day wore on, the realization that she wasn't going to find a house that was untouched by death gradually started to seep into her mind. But she kept asking. So from door to door she went, but the outcome was still the same. She definitely, desperately wanted it to not be true. She's like, she only needs one, you know, to just have it not be true. Um, she also couldn't help noticing by how many houses had also lost a child, either at birth or a baby or as the child grew up. Child mortality was very common in these days. Uh, as daylight fa faded, uh, Kisa's mind finally opened up and began to realize she wasn't alone in an unusual situation of losing a child. She began to realize that the universe was not picking on her. It was not singling her out for any special punishment. She realized that the death of her child didn't mean the universe malfunctioned and that it was suddenly broken. Uh, it just meant that it was something that happened, that sometimes children died. And her tour of the city had shown her that it happened a lot. So she was just one out of many grieving parents, and she had to do what they had done, which was take her child to the cemetery and bury him. So still feeling this pain and loss, but with her heart no longer disturbed by the anger and the denial of it, she was able to accept the death of her son and lovingly carry him on his final journey to the cemetery. After burying her son, she went back calmly through the streets where the Buddha was staying, and she smiled kindly at those she had been demanding answers of earlier in the day. Uh, but her demeanor was very different, and barely anybody actually recognized her as the crazy woman that was walking around the streets earlier. So finding the Buddha again, Kisita, Kisa Gotami went up to him and bowed before him, thanking him for his teaching. And the Buddha asked whether she had managed to get the mustard seed. And she replied, no, I have not. Mustard seed is easy to obtain, but a house untouched by death cannot be found. Good woman, he said, when I said I had some medicine for you, you may have thought I was promising to cure your son. But indeed, the medicine was not for your son, for you. I see that the medicine has done its work, and I see that now clearly birth and death cannot be avoided as they are part of the reality of existence for each and every person and of all living beings. And then the Buddha said, quote, people are heavily burdened by so many cares. They are driven by concerns about children, wealth, possessions, and reputations. However, they may be attached to life and death comes to all of us, sweeping everything away just as a great flood sweeps away a sleeping village. So after hearing this verse, she was deeply afflicted by the events of the day, and she asked to join the community, and she became ordained as a nun. She's actually one of the uh, foremost nuns in the very early 
uh, monastic uh, tradition of Buddhism. Um, she was observing once in her meditations a flickering flame of an oil lamp, and she noticed how quickly it could be blown out by the slightest drought and had a deep insight on how fragile and impermanent the nature of life was. Um, there's another verse that is attributed to her. A person who has not yet understand the nature of reality may live for a hundred years, but far more valuable is every single day for a person who has understood the nature of reality. So, um, yes. Yeah, so, and then there's one other quote of understanding is more than a hundred years of ignorance also kind of came from her as well. So she is considered one of the Buddha's foremost disciples. And this story of sometimes it's called the mustard seed and sometimes it's called Kisa and the mustard seed. Um, there is also a biblical story about the mustard seed as well. This one's a little bit different. This one's not about planting it. It's about finding it, but it's a story, um, that has this aphorism of uh, living are few, but the dead are many. So, yeah. So I thought I would share with you a little, one of my favorite folklore tales. What'd you guys think? Are you all super sad now? <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a circle of life kind of thing. Right. Um, and I, you know, I've had uh, relatives who've dealt with, the death of a mm -hmm. of a child and yeah i can't imagine yeah you know, going through that so i can imagine what i can't imagine you can put yourself in her shoes yes yes, yes absolutely. yeah absolutely so at one of see. i'm so sorry i did oh, no, no, you're no, good, no, you're no. Right, um at one of the very first autism centers i worked at so this was even before i was living here in indianapolis it was when i was living in winona lake indiana mm -hmm. um one of our clients was this beautiful little girl and one morning she just didn't wake up for school oh and it was oh my one goodness. of the most heartbreaking moments in my life yeah. even though she was not a child of mine her mother would dress her in the cutest little outfit every morning and also she would every day have a bow in her hair oh i've just never forgotten about her and we of course as her therapist we were invited to her funeral mm -hmm. and there was nothing that will get the image out of your mind of a grieving mother yeah right so, yeah. exactly yeah so the story is it's there you go. It's very yeah. sad. Yeah. It's a very hard sad. one. But it is. It is a circle of life. But sometimes mm -hmm. we just don't have the answer as to like why. Right. Like, yes. Why? Why'd the child fall? Why didn't this former client not wake up for school? Right. You right. Know, right. Exactly. It's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. Very heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I didn't mean to bum you all out. <laughs> Thanks, Leah. I know, right? Tell us a scary story. I know, exactly. <laughs> I told you my only scary story, the one that's been oh, like traumatically oh in my memory I'm just forever. so glad someone else knows that story. Yes, right? Because it's, it's so trauma. Funny. It's trauma. Well, and what's so funny is I brought it up to my cousin not too long ago. I want to say yeah. the last time I saw her when I was up home visiting. Um, and she goes, what are you talking about? I've never told you this Oh, story. my god! And goodness. I go, you? You did it. You scared me. Yeah. <laughs> or she's like, I don't remember it. What was it? And I walked her through the entire story. And she's like, no, I don't know. I don't know if that oh was for me. And god. I was like, you're out of your mind. You told us at grandma and grandpa's when we were children. Right. You're like describing I, every yes. element of I'm it. Like, I'm like, we were in you. the spare room, <laughs> sleeping on the futon. Uh -huh. yep. Like we did every Friday night. 
And she's like, oh, so weird. Oh, oh, oh my, my gosh. goodness. Oh. She traumatized you, and she, yeah. she's just completely, mm-hmm. yeah, just put it out of her memory. Yeah, apparently. Right. <laughs> it's fine. I'll Fabulous. carry it on. <laughs> right. It's mine. I, I will help you. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, yes. And I will confirm your reality that Thank that so is much. a story that has been told. Can you imagine if yeah. I had made that up? Right, exactly. It's a horrible story to just randomly make right. up on a Tuesday. I like, I right? feel like my brain is already pretty broken in some weird ways, but I can't imagine. Well, you didn't do that one. But I didn't do that one. I didn't cause that fracture. Right. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Would you want me to wrap it up, darlings? Yes, please. Ton, ton, ton. All right. Well, that wraps it up for us this week. Join us next week for another cool woman of history as the Gals Guide podcast continues. Thanks for listening. For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Gals Guide patron today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>